0: Continue our conversation about fall semester for your school kids heading back to public school and what they could expect, and in particular, what those administrators of the public schools are having to contend with when it comes to some state guidance. For getting kids back into school uh, in person, as they uh, said, is going to be mandatory for the fall semester. All of this with COVID-19 regulations from the past year or so uh, impacting education on a variety of fronts. Uh, but for Springfield District 186, Superintendent Jennifer Gill joins us here on the WMAY morning news feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Superintendent, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you? Now, well, Good morning. So uh, we talked with uh, the executive director of the Large Unit District Association, kind of got a little bit of an overview of what they're looking for. And uh, there's a lot you guys are looking for. Tell us about the impacts of the unknowns for Springfield District 186.
1: Well, I think similar to um, John's conversation this morning, uh, we we just want to get that guidance in our hand. We feel an urgency to uh, prepare for the fall Uh, usually we have everything lined up and ready to go much earlier um, and we want to make sure that we are following all of the mitigations that are required of us and we just want to know those a couple dates we have online registration for all district 186 beginning on July 19th Um, and then also our two balanced calendar schools Graham and Southern View go back to school on July 21st so You know, we're we're less than a month out. Uh, We want to make sure we're meeting with our employee groups and making sure that we um, adjust and make sure that we're following what's in that guidance. We just need that guidance in our hand, and that's the essence of the letter.
0: The guidance that um, you guys are looking for is that different from what the governor's spelled out in his executive orders, because the the ones that were reissued um, last week, that are now 30 more days, uh, it it says in there, like, you know, three feet if you're vaccinated staff, six feet distance if you're not, masks required. What else do you guys need to know that's beyond uh, what the governor laid out?
1: Right. So it's about remote learning and what the requirements are specifically for those students who are remote. We did get some original guidance from them that they really talked about it. If a student cannot be vaccinated and they're on quarantine um, that then they would need to uh, have remote learning. Well, what is the requirement of that remote learning? What does that look like for us? Um, we're also looking for IDPH to really consider and think about what that social distancing looks like in a classroom. When you are coming back, our schools were designed Uh, at different eras across the district. I have 33 different school sites, all which look different and and act differently. And we have different levels of population at each school. So if we are going to have to abide by the three foot, um, you know, then we're going to need to know that, you know, right away. I think he talked about, you know, buying desks and buying the things that we need to do. We've already been well ahead of the game on that um also buying air purifiers and you know making sure that we're doing upgrades to our HVAC systems and our filtering systems and really putting our putting our efforts into the things that we know right now but that specific specific FAQ and the things that they are going to suggest for us to do we want to make sure we have that in our hands so that we don't plan in a direction that is different than what they're going to require. And yeah. I respect ISBE and the work that they're doing greatly and always give shout-outs to Carmen Ayala, but we need that document.
0: Well, and as you said, uh, time's of the essence. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. the uh, the balance calendar starting, uh, what you said, July 22nd. Yeah, that's less than a month yeah. away here. Um, one thing that uh, uh, the Luda Executive Director, uh, John, told us was also this idea of the, the remote learning and what is going to be uh, necessary and required there. Um, because if you've got staff uh, – uh, and of course, I'm sure you could always use more teachers. But if you've got right. staff there doing in-person education, focusing on those kids they have in class, who's going to be doing the, the remote learning for those who may be eligible for uh, you know, being medically vulnerable?
1: You know, exactly. So we had about 44% of our students back in person uh, the last few months of the school year. Uh, that seemed extremely small to us. We are one of the largest districts of the large unit district. So we have over 13,000 students. We want to come back in a full, robust way that provides all of the activities and clubs and athletics and everything that we can for students. Uh, we want students to be back in person, engaged, getting that direct one-to-one instruction. So when we're when we're doing that, we can't have students and teachers also, you know, learning online at home. And the way the quarantine rules work right now, if you're within six feet of a positive case you have to go home for the 10 days. Now, that's usually not 10 school days, but it is sometimes up to five to seven school days. Uh, The way we were handling that last year was, you know, teachers were kind of handling both, and that's difficult with more students in the classroom, and it's very difficult to ask them to do that um, in the coming year. So going to more of a home hospital situation, which is what we've always had set up for students who are medically uh, fragile and could not attend school, That instruction may not look the same as it did last year, and we want to just make sure we know all the requirements and the guidelines and have all of the FAQs um, given to us so that we can can do that. I know people are probably trying to work across across agencies, but three weeks, the clock is ticking for us.
0: Yeah, and, and I know that uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health is providing a lot of this guidance to ISBE, and ISBE is providing it to you guys, but uh, it seems that uh, that cross-agency uh, conversation may be uh, delaying some things that you guys need certainty on, especially with the balanced calendar starting uh, in less than a month for some Springfield right. District 186 schools. We're talking with Superintendent Jennifer Gill, uh, and you know we've reported that uh, one school district in particular that did go against um, the the ISBE guidance on masks, uh, the Red Hill School District, district relaxing their mask policy, saying it's optional, not asking you to, to, to necessarily comment on that specific issue, but just the issue of enforcement. This school district with locally elected school board members uh, decided to relax a policy going against what uh, Isby says, and that set off a process that, that could ultimately lead, and I say could because there's other factors, but it could lead to uh, a school being closed if they're on probation. Uh, are, these, are these guidance like... Uh, is this is this law what's what's your reaction to what the possible enforcement mechanisms could be uh from the the state board of education if you if any district steps out of line
1: yeah it, I think it would be very difficult for them to police every school district across the state. I mean, we've gone in short time here, just a year to really having our accountability system be more about attendance and graduation rates and and test scores. Uh, to now, you know our, our mitigations, whether we're following those, and and we're you know even didn't ha- we haven't had state testing for two years, and attendance has been very hard to track um, in this crisis, and so we, we've really changed the accountability structure of of you know what we're discussing, but I don't see District 186, you know, trying to go against what the guidance is, we just want to follow. We've been running a very large uh, summer school program, almost 2,700 kids that's larger than most school districts in the state of Illinois in, in our summer booths, and our summer camps, and they really are set up to be um, helping students you know, guide themselves to having some of those opportunities that perhaps were lost during the school year. That's where our focus has been, and we're wearing masks during those summer camps and summer booths, and we've been in purpose, and we've seen little in-person and seen little problems, so that's what we're gearing up for is getting back in school. And we just, I think our biggest concerns are the social distancing and the quarantining and and then how we serve those students remotely if they are on quarantine as is laid out by the guidance that we've, we've already um, had a glimpse of. So It's just one of those things we're working hard but we really had hoped that we'd have a little bit more uh, guidance at this point in time
0: springfield superintendent jennifer gill uh greatly appreciate you taking the time this morning and uh, we'll definitely talk again soon because there's a lot more uh to discuss about how we get back uh to to 100 when it comes to uh, kids in school and uh, addressing some of the learning loss that's happened over the past year
1: yeah i I Yeah. Can I just give another shout out for that online registration on July 19th? That's so important that uh, people register. There'll be hopefully information on there about Uh, what to do if you do have a child that's medically fragile and and the paperwork that we need. But also, um, we just want to give a shout out to District 186 teachers and the activities and the opportunities that we have to offer our students. We are going to be back this fall, and we're excited, and, and we can't wait to help provide opportunities for students.
0: Springfield Superintendent Jennifer Gill, have a great day. We'll talk soon.
1: Thank you so much.